0: As Australians, we have that weird kind of obsession with the, you know, the local pub and the palmer and the pot and my first meal out of lockdown was in a pub and it was like the most exciting thing ever.
1: (laughs) Just crazy today on Dirty Linen. We are chatting to one of Melbourne's most long-standing and celebrated hospitality entrepreneurs. Her name is Tracy Lester. She owns iconic venues like the Windsor Castle, the Carlton Club in the city, and the um, Gertrude Hotel in Fitzroy. Tracy, welcome to Daddy Linen. Hi, Danny. Thanks for having me. It's great to chat to you today. It's great to have you on the show, and I guess I really wanted to – I've visited your venues over the decades and always enjoyed them for their welcome, their colour, the vi- their vibrancy. Um, and, you know, most recently we were in touch because you've uh, recently – uh, I guess reopened, redone the Gertrude Hotel, and it just seems to me like such a celebration of hospitality that I wanted to learn more about how you approach your different businesses. So I hope you're up for having a chat about all that.
0: Yeah, love to. Um, I guess you know I started my career as an artist and kind of got annoyed with art and the art world and thought I could. Uh, have a bar that would support my artwork and I wouldn't have to do commercial photography or filmmaking. And so um, I was looking in the early days of my career, you know, um, for places that I wanted to go to in Fitzroy. I was living in Fitzroy and I just couldn't find them. So frustrated by uh, the, you know, being controlled by commercial clients uh, in an artistic situation and not being able to find places that I wanted to go to, thought I'd open my own bar and um, I started looking around Fitzroy and Collingwood. This is back in the early 90s. Um, and originally I was trying to use that as my art um, outlet and thinking of, uh, you know, I'd change the interiors once a month and things like that. And um, my parents owned rhubarbs at the time which was in Gertrude Street and they were trying to sell it yada 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 because they were getting divorced and then it sort of all clicked that you know we should buy the property off them and yeah so then I opened the Elza and I guess it is at the time it was what I thought my friends and my peers and my colleagues in the neighbourhood wanted and we were all sort of living in Fitzroy in the 90s on Op shop couches and you know warehouses full of lots of people and I thought you know we all needed a bit of um, glamour and glitz and to be transformed um, and transported out of our world into a kind of creative world of our own imagination. So I guess that's what I've always done with my venues. I've always done what I want and what i see missing in the market and i've always found them tried to make them places that yeah really take you on a journey and transform you to a different world and sort of do what hospitality is meant to do like take you out of your you know the mundane your everyday life and give you entertain you basically and take you to a whole uh another realm where you can leave all your woes of the day or your week at the door and um enjoy yourself in community and have fun. And um, I guess my venues, the interiors are quite quirky um, and bright and colourful because I like to kind of be a bit mad and colourful and, you know, get people to be a bit imaginative and sort of wonder where they are in the world (laughs) for a
1: moment. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's so lovely. Like, it's this great combination of really personal, like what do what do me and my friends want from a venue, but also, I guess, looking at what the market wants, and uh, and and then also having this creative outlet for yourself. I mean, do you feel like you've succeeded over the years in satisfying your own artistic impulses through the creativity you've poured into the venues? Um. Yes,
0: definitely. I mean, I sort of you know without sounding too egotistical i'll kind of always do what i like to do and then you know if i'm bored i'll create a new project so like at the with the Carlton club we you know i thought we the it used to be an old hotel so on the fourth floor there was six old little single bedrooms and we created like a thing called Ever Dreamed of owning your own bar and the bar dream basically cuz I wanted a new project and wanted to help some people create some bars in the space and so I've always and I always come up with these crazy weird ideas like christmas rooms and I did a santa's house party just to sort of get my own um, desires for sculpting and painting and making things out. But um, I guess with the venues, it's also, it's a creative outlet, but I'm trying to, you know, I, when I'm designing them, I have to be quite conscious that they have to be drunk proof because some of the design elements that I'd like in there have to last the test of time. And I know when people get uh, particularly drunk, uh, they like to take a in. Toe uh, off a wall or rip it out of something because it's their anniversary and them and their fiancé met here at, you know, one of my venues. So they think that's licensed to uh, rip something out of the wall or smash something. So, yeah, there's a little bit of that goes on in my design uh, process
1: as well. <laughs> I thought when you said drunk proof that you you were meaning like not, not too many sharp corners, but actually you're just talking about fixing everything down properly. Yeah, fixing everything down so that, you know, I've had
0: paintings uh, pull off the walls and you know, particularly plastic plants that are, you know, concreted into things, they like to pull them out because they want to give their girlfriend a flower and it's three in the morning and here's one in front of me. Um, so, yeah, that it. it needs to be no sharp corners and, you know, it's going to trip and all that sort of thing. But, yeah, more so last
1: the test of time both in Aesthetically, and you know, um, it, it's it's such a rich tapestry of hum, humans that you uh, w- that weave their way through your businesses, and I suppose it's like that for all hospitality people. But I mean, how do you sort of stay in love with the art of looking after people when they do behave quite badly at times?
0: Um, I don't. an interesting question. My job, and I guess. Um, coming back to Gertrude Street and opening uh, this pub, you know, so after so long I've been a bit like, oh, can I be bothered? And then I get there on the night and, you know, I do enjoy talking to people. I do inter- enjoy entertaining people. I do enjoy, you know, giving people an experience of fun and exciting and places where they can meet people or dance. So, so I guess you know, during the day before you open, you can be a bit like, oh, can I be bothered? And then you kind of get there and you're like, oh, yeah, this is actually why I'm doing it. This is the purpose, you know, to give other people joy, to give other people entertainment, to be hospitable. And, you know, I generally do love talking to people and meeting different people. So, yeah, it's hasn't waned off in the, you know, in the last few years, which is good. still excited to be around people, <laughs> to
1: be at the nightclub, it's two in the morning or three in the morning. I reckon the Gertrude Hotel, which you've taken on on Gertrude Street, not that far from where Yelza opened um, so many years ago, uh, I would say it. It is the least jaded room that I can think of. It is so vibrant. I think it would be impossible to be grumpy in such a space. Uh, I would love you just to describe it for people who have not had the extraordinary experience of plunging into that front bar. Um,
0: it's very bright. It's very colourful. It's very quirky. It will lead to a whole different world We are sort of like wet Am I on Gertrude Street? Where am I? Um, I think with all my places, I like to, that impresses me. So I sort of live in, my house is brightly coloured and wacky and kooky. And I sort of find that um, when I used to travel a lot and come back to Yelza or the Carlton and I still get that sense of wow myself when I walk in, which is what I'm trying to do with the customers as well and sort of give them a sense of joy and wonder that, you know, you don't get bored of it coming time and time again. And I feel like particularly in the last few years, we've all spent a lot of time in, you know, white walls in our houses. And so I feel like the Gertrude is a great kind of, antithesis of that it's bright it's colorful it's fun it's quirky it's kind of funny and silly and you know um you can't not be um happy in there really and you know i i have designed it so that it's sort of bright and shiny with glass and then it's got coziness of the flock so there's like um a whole lot of bright colored for those that haven't seen it bright colored glass panels that I've designed in various shapes and sizes and colours and, yeah, it's just a kind of glass wallpaper, I guess, of bright colours and it's kind of quirky and different people see different things in it and I think that some of them are jelly moulds, some people think they're, you know, uh, speakers, other people think they're inverted nipples, I don't know, whatever you want to see in there, but it's just good that everyone finds something new and exciting each time they go in there.
1: Yeah. And so the walls are completely covered with these domes, nipples, um, jelly moles, whatever you want to see them as. And they're all in different colors. They're all, they're all textured. So it's really like being enveloped in something. I think, um, yeah, it's a little bit ziggy stardust, a little bit fever dream. I think is what I wrote when I, when I wrote it up a couple of weeks ago. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's just very, it's very um it's just very striking and i just think if you walk in there in whatever kind of mood you're going to at least you know take a few beats to just gather yourself and just you know reapproach the space um yeah it's great and i feel like as you say you know the last couple of years have been so monotonous for a lot of people to come into a place that's so busy and in your face i think it's um it's very refreshing
0: yeah, and I also find that when you – like the places I design because they are so unique and so – I guess they're kind of crazy in their colours. Like they sort of last the test of time because they're unique and they don't date and – um sitting in one of the bars now at the Carlton 12 years ago and I still get inquiries from designers and architects, you know, can they buy the wallpaper for me? Can they, you know, and I still find that people still 12 years later find it, you know, interesting and fresh and it doesn't sort of date. So I hope that's kind of what happened to it. It's sort of like a timeless piece because you don't really know where you are because it's kind of crazy and bright.
1: I know that you, you've also been involved in like juice and a bit of wellness here and there, um, and you've experimented with that in the pub setting. Can you talk about you know the intersection of this? Um, I guess you know pubs and pubs and health. We perhaps don't necessarily put in the same sentence very often, but how have you tried to combine them?
0: Well, I mean, p- me personally, I've always had a passion for health and well well being and wellness from you know my early days in my twenties. And, you know, my parents were, you know, quite healthy and we we had, you know, to go to Chinese doctors as kids, which was kind of weird back in the 80s. And um, I kind of realised that if I wanted to play the long game in hospital, you know, I, I, I needed to sort of party and then detox and party and detox and couldn't always, you know, be on the it's a slippery slope hospitality if you're going to be in it for this long um if you don't have some sort of balance in my early 20s I used to party a lot and then take myself off to health retreats in Thailand and you know go on fast for seven or or 20 days and you know detox the last six months of partying and then you know go back and retox so that's kind of how I got into it and then i was more, um, thinking about how to incorporate it into, you know, more of a lifestyle that wasn't such a pendulum shift where, you know, you go out, you get trashed, you ruin yourself and then you, you know, um, detox. But also in part of that journey was that one time I went to Thailand and I came back and I just didn't drink and sort of a month went by and, um, then my operations manager went to Thailand and did the same detox and he thought he'd outdo me and he started, he didn't drink for three months. And then, so we sort of started this battle of who could not drink, um, you know, for long periods of time. Um, and i found that a lot of my friends would not wanna, would want to stop drinking or not drink or not drink as much, and that, that was their excuse why they couldn't go out. I can't go out because I'm not drinking. Um, so I wanted to address that issue um, with a broader range of people because I was out all night um, you know high on San Pellegrino bubbles or cappy bubbles. Um, so I wanted to make um, some drinks. That people could go out and feel like they were having, you know, an a, a alternative to an al- a non-alcoholic drink. And this is like years ago. This is before, you know, it's a good 10, 10, 15 years ago. And that also kind of gave you a herbal high. So I've been working on that. Um, I've always wanted to do cold-pressed juices because that's what I was most passionate about. Because for me, working in hospitality, it was a way to get a whole lot of Green nutrients and goodness straight into you, um, and so at and at the bottom of the Carlton, I always wanted to set up like an organic health store. So we sort of did that for a while. I had a cold pressed juice brand. Um, it was all organic. It was all plant based, and the idea was, you know, you go upstairs, you get trashed, and at the end of the night, come down and get a green juice and some hangover cures, and you know, off you go, <laughs> retox, <Free talks, laughs> detox. Um and then so the Gertrude there's a there was one of those cafes at the back of the Gertrude so we had one in the bottom of the Carlton and the Gertrude and I had another property in Fitzroy that I was going to make a fine dining plant-based restaurant and then the Gertrude came along so I thought I'd have like the daytime cafe the pub version and then the fine dining and that would be the three pillars but trying to make health accessible and you know eating vegetables fun and um, I do a lot of stuff with adaptogens, so like food as medicine and trying to showcase vegetables and hero them rather than, you know, make, making them, you know, mock meats and soy vegetarian stuff and that sort of thing. So, yeah, that was the plan and um, we actually turned the Carlton Club into a plant-based diner for a while and, um, and then that didn't go so well. <laughs> people wanted steak and meat. So then we turned it back to normal. Um, and I sort of pursued the health thing for quite a while. But then I realized people, this is pre pandemic, people didn't really care about health. <laughs> they just wanted to party. Or maybe people didn't realize, uh, you know, expect that kind of level of health from me.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, it's so interesting to hear you talk about the balance, you know, that you different ways of trying to achieve balance, like whether it's, you know, one month on, one month off or whether it's, you know, threading it through your life in a, in a different way. I'd love you to, I mean, the, the menu at the Gertrude, um, it's not plant-based, but there's a lot of vegan stuff there and, you know, vegetables are definitely heroed. And, um, yeah, your chef, Sarah and Sharp, doing a really great job with that menu there. But I'd love you to talk about, you know, these adaptogen cocktails and your plans for those behind the bar?
0: So so when I was doing the superfluid thing, of course, I had a passion for adaptogens and I wanted to incorporate them into the juice and we used to make um, food with adaptogens. So an adaptogen is like a, it's basically a herb. It can be from Chinese medicine. It can be from traditional medicine. It can be from naturopathy. Natu- 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 um but basically it's a herb that has multiple functions so unlike an anti-inflammatory pill that's only going to address the anti-inflammatory these particular herbs the adaptogens have multiple purposes and they go in and adapt to what you need so if you're more stressed or you need more energy or you need a you know boost of serotonin sorry They'll go in and adapt to what what you need. So, I have always used them for like 15, 20 years, and I wanted to incorporate them into superfluid. And we used to incorporate them into the food and, you know, make coffees with for immunity or to mood, but like happy highs, um, ones that give you energy. Um, there was a libido one, those kind of things. And so, I have been working on, I actually did them years ago, um, this range of non-alcoholic but they're, they're adult um, alcohol. You know, they're the good substitute um, to an alcoholic drink without being San Pellegrino or soda water with lemon. Um, and basically they're little herbal highs so they give you a little buzz I've worked out a way that you can um they're bioavailable to your body and I can get the 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 herbs into your system quickly so you get a little buzz in like 20 minutes and I guess they sort of last for about 40 minutes you kind of feel a little mood boost and I basically have done I think it's four or five different ones at the moment based on the reasons of like why people would drink, so they have adaptogens and they have um flower essences in them, and they work on vibrational medicine, and some of them actually have some crystal stuff in there and some fre- other frequency stuff, but they basically like why are people going out to drink, like what do they want from the alcohol they want to relax. They want connection with people. They want to be uninhibited so that they can dance or, you know, ask the person across the bar for their phone number or, you know, get the guts to break up with someone Um, or they want to feel connected. So they're sort of what I've worked on, the herbs, the actual physical herbs, and then put the vibrational um, essences of the flowers in them that give, give you those kind of properties as well. So, yeah, it's quite involved, but yeah, they taste good and everyone loves them. And Sarah and I were actually testing them a lot again in lockdown. And, you know, we'd go off and do something and then we'd come back and go, oh my God, we feel like we're drunk, but we weren't, you know, we we're just high on happiness or something. <laughs>
1: Wow, this—I mean, I love this, yeah, magic potion side of it. And I mean, it's interesting because you—you've been doing non-alcoholic drinks for forever, and it's sort of like the non-alcoholic beverage space has gone gangbusters. But you know, I think this side of it, where it's um people have gone you know that try to replicate or mimic or you know be in the same ballpark as to in terms of taste and in terms of packaging and you know that you you're happy to order it around with your friends and you know you're getting the non-alcoholic but you don't feel like a pariah but i don't think this some um, yeah the reasons for drinking that you've identified and that you that 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 issue that you're trying to solve i think that's yeah it's still really groundbreaking
0: yeah i mean it's something i've been wanting to do and actually I got offered um, by a big company to produce them years ago but um, I had other other projects in the works. Um, But, yeah, it's interesting now how uh, the non-alcoholic space has really taken off and everyone always says I'm always seven years ahead of the curve. So I guess it's time now to kind of pull them out and, yeah, get them into action. (laughs) Now I've finished the pub,
1: you know just had to tick another tick one thing off my you know to-do list uh, pubs are such special places Tracy and you know I think Melbourne's a city that really loves its pubs as Australia as a country loves its pubs as well have you noticed a, a particular joy uh, when people you know after various lockdowns have been able to gather again in that pub space
0: yeah I think the pub has been the real hero through our all the lockdowns and leading into the lockdowns and coming out particularly, um, you know, I could speak from experience from the Windsor Castle, you know, going way back to 2020, you know, March when we were, no one knew what was really going on and like people would come to that space because it was safe and it was local and community and, you know, they didn't think that they could get the virus if they were in, you know, the little back streets of their local pub. Um and then I feel like coming out of lockdown, those sort of local pub environments were sort of safe spaces, more so and and casual uh, safe spaces as well, um, so that everyone could, you know, address their their own, uh, you know, whatever they had going on in terms of coming back into back to socializing more so than like going to a you know high end restaurant. I think I think. The pubs have been the real heroes, and yeah, they've sort of been a real um, regeneration in the local community pub. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean exactly as you say, such a community space, and also you know usually a bit of indoor and a bit of outdoor, so people have felt safe in those zones as well. But um, yeah, I I, my first meal after our big. sixth lockdown was in a pub and it's just what i wanted i just needed that beer on tap and um yeah just just that that i guess that welcome and that flexibility where you felt like you could yeah you weren't you weren't bolted to a seat you could move around and yeah it was just um yeah something something so special about re- being able to reclaim those spaces
0: yeah and i think it's um like there's some sort of kind of we have as australians we have that weird kind of obsession with the you know, the local pub and the Palmer and the pot. And, you know, I remember like in one of those lockdowns we got, we thought we were going to be open and then we got caught short and we had a whole lot of beer to get rid of at the Windsor Castle. So I remember myself like, you know, working there and being able to have a beer on tap and being like, oh my God, oh my God, can't believe I'm having a beer on tap. Can't believe I'm so excited about a pub, you know, <laughs> just a pot beer. And can't believe I'm so excited about a pub meal. Um, and yeah, my first meal out of lockdown was in a pub and it was like the most exciting thing <laughs> ever,
1: which <laughs> is <was just> crazy. <laughs> It's, I so get that, though. Like I, you know, took a photo of my pot of beer and it was just like the beating on the glass was the most beautiful thing I'd ever
0: seen. <laughs> know, it's so weird. So, so weird when you yeah, now you're like, oh, we were a bit crazy back then, weren't we?
1: But I think if it's about, if the result is that we appreciate all those things more and, you know, uh, in, a, in an ongoing way and value them, then I think, you know, it's, um that's for the best. Definitely a silver lining. Um, yeah, Tracy, I've loved talking to you. It's been so great to hear the story behind some of these venues and, you know, all the thought and love and passion um, and obsession, if I'm allowed to say that, that you put into into these businesses. Um, yeah, thanks for bringing what you do to Melbourne. It's, the city is definitely really for what you've done over the over the decades and I look forward to having many more meals pots of beer and um yeah magic potions in your in your venues thank you so much for chatting to us
0: thanks a lot Danny thank you for having me it's been great chatting to you
1: too this is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant we air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at dirtylinen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.
0: Peace.